a lot of life has to be engaged in and we have to be active in doing if we're just going to be faithful husbands, faithful wives, faithful sons and daughters, faithful friends, faithful neighbors, faithful workers. We have to be active. And so when God is saying pray without ceasing, he really is saying, I want to help you learn to do the day embedded in a father-son, father-daughter love conversation. That we have a, a growing willingness and, and awareness. The Father is with me right now. The Holy Spirit is with me right now. Jesus is dwelling within me right now. So I want to do this moment in conversation. I mean, just purely not rudeness. But if somebody is with you, you don't ignore them. If you do ignore them, that's rude. This goes deeper than that, that God's saying the very life that you're called to live today requires this, that you're embedded in this father-son, father-daughter love conversation. And then in that conversation, okay, that in that conversation, he's saying, now rejoice always and give thanks in everything. So, This recognition give thanks in everything and we put a lot of emphasis on the word in. We'll, we'll go deeper than that in a minute here but that the recognition that God is saying everything isn't good. So we just went through a really valuable time of sharing concerns and needs in, in our circle and in, in this larger circle of people that we care about and love. And a lot of what God shared is damage. Damage to health, damage to finances, damage in people's lives because of false things they believe that they need to be rescued from. So that somehow God is saying, you know what, while you're looking at all that damage, I'm still actually commanding you to give thanks that in that damaging thing that you brought to me in prayer, I have purpose, I have, I have promises to keep, I have something I'm endeavoring toward and working on that for you, my son, my daughter, for you is worth awareness and then gratitude back to me. And this is a hard truth. So if we were going we to go, we could probably literally do this and just go right down every row, and find out what are the hard things going on in everybody's life. And I would expect almost everybody, if not everybody, could describe something hard you're dealing with right now. In finances, in health, in, in circle of family that you care about. There'd be tragedies, there would be challenges, there would be setbacks, there would be heartaches, genuine things that bring sorrow. And so either God is really really ignorant of what we're dealing with or he's actually calling us and challenging us to see deeper and beyond the surface so that we comprehend why in the world would I thank God in cancer? Why in the world would I thank God in losing my job? Why in the world would I thank God in, in a heartbreak over a family member who's suffering? And again, that means that you and I are actually maturing in this way, that we're learning to see past the human, 
past the temporary, that we're actually committed to learning the heart and the mind and the ways of God to say, Father, I do not yet see what you're working on this, but here's the deal. I know you. I know you. That means beyond a shadow of a doubt, Father, you are working on something good, even through the most evil thing I could look at. You are working on something dependably good. Dependably good. Turn over to uh, Ephesians 5, where he gives us a a similar thought, but with an even more challenging preposition. Starting in verse 18, Ephesians 5. Well, actually, let me back up a little. Well, I won't read more. But, but this chapter, again, it's embedding us in a mindset. It starts out by challenging us to embed our thinking in a mindset of love because we're imitators of God. And then he goes on and he cautions us about a lot of evil things to avoid. But then he goes on to this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation but be filled with the Spirit. A command that we get to pursue obey. To be opening more and more of our thought, our life, our choices, the the rooms of our life to the presence and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And we just, a a couple of Sundays ago, we talked about how crucial it is to understand what Scripture's saying when he talks about the name of the Lord. He's not just talking about, say Jesus' name at the end of a prayer. Say God's name as a blessing. That when he's talking about in the name of the Lord, it means I'm comprehending his character his heart, his purposes, his power, his authority, what he's aiming for. I'm comprehending this living, three-dimensional, multi-dimensional God present in the thing that I'm addressing. And so when he says, give thanks for all things in the name of the Lord, that's what I'm looking for in this heartbreaking thing, this sad thing, this tragic thing, even this evil thing. That you and I are actually learning this mindset. Father, I want to gain comfort. I want to gain strength. By looking into this evil, tragic, sorrowful thing. And I still see you, the living God, actively working to fulfill your purposes. Actually working on my behalf. So again, I'm not just observing a a random thing about God working in the universe. God is somewhere in the universe working on a good thing. Part of what God's saying is, you, me, let's us personally give him thanks in those things because we recognize he's working on something good for me. That means I have good reason to thank him right in the middle of this tragedy or this sorrow. And I see his name. I see his purposes and his character being revealed. Now, turn to the passage that was read for us this morning. Psalm 100.
Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, his faithfulness to all generations. And again, he's embedding thankfulness in a larger mindset and a larger recognition. Now, I like this. I mean, he starts with joyful gladness, joyful, more joyful. He repeats thanks twice. But he he says this incredible thing in verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And that simple recognition, it's he who made us and not we ourselves. And this simple phrase uh, is used frequently in in complimenting somebody. You know, he's a self-made man. Nobody handed it to him on a silver platter. He went out there and he built that business himself. He, he poured his own sweat and blood into creating that thing or making that thing happen. He is a self-made man or she is a self-made woman. And part of the wisdom of Scripture for us as believers is to recognize there's no such thing. And that that gets to be gratitude to recognize, Father, if I have the capacity to build my own business, whether my own business is I'm, I'm barely scraping by because I, I'm doing a business that doesn't make a lot of money, or I, I've built a multi-million dollar business and, and now the whole world buys my products. Either way that I would recognize, Father, every gift of strength, every gift of intelligence, every gift of skill, where did it come from? It came from you. You say in Psalm 139, you designed me. That's incredible. God is taking credit for the design of your skills and your abilities and your potential. And then you and I have to do the hard work of unpacking those and discovering them and maturing them. But he's the designer and the giver. Every opportunity, every door that opened, every possibility that was in front of me. So gratitude for the good things, even if I had to pour my own labor into it, is this deeper recognition, Father, I am not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made woman. I didn't create my own intelligence. I didn't create my own skill. I didn't create my abilities. And, And you know this. We know this. But part of what God's saying is go deeper in comprehending it so that in humility and awareness... We fill our thoughts with gratitude for every day of effectiveness, every day that we labor and it accomplishes something that we're remembering where it came from. And and I know, and I'm serious, I've seen that humble attitude many times in this congregation of men and women who recognize that what they're accomplishing is because of the gifting and the provision and the opportunities that came from God. And we just get to keep going deeper in that and recognizing Everything good I do came from God. So when, when you and I do good for one another, when we love one another, we pray for one another, we help one another, we show up at a, at, a, at a crucial moment to be support or encouragement for one another, even in that, to know, Father, I had to choose to be available. 
but you're the one who provided supernatural power and effectiveness to that moment of choice. You're the one who made it eternally valuable, and then you're the one who worked through it to actually encourage or help this person. So that whether it's an act of ministry or whether it's just an act of labor to accomplish a business that brings home a paycheck and buys the groceries, God's saying, keep remembering, I designed you and I provided everything you're enjoying. And again, I bet 99.9% of us, that means if there's 100, we're all covered in the room, but that we would recognize that. But what God keeps going for here is, but I want you to build a deeper mindset of awareness for that. That it keeps changing your thinking for deeper gratitude. Now, part of the, the mindset of this, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. Uh, I'm going to ask a tough question. So, again, do not take condemnation from this question, if, if there's a negative answer, but take self-awareness from this question. So, if, if we could look back over the past, let's say the past seven days, and we could gather every word that Reg Larkin has said. And we could gather every single word that you have said. Every single word. Whether you said it out loud to somebody else or you said it in the privacy of your thoughts or I said it out loud or in the privacy of my thoughts. We could gather every thought and every word. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm just pondering and wondering how much of, of that gathering would look like grumbling. Really, God? Again? You're going to let me deal with this again? How much of it would sound like complaining? How much of it would sound like exasperation with God that he's not doing his job very well? How much of it would sound like, I don't believe he's answering prayer? How much of it would sound like, I don't see his purposes and his grace and his power and his life present in the difficult moment? How much of it would sound that way? But we'll just put all that stuff over here. How much of it would sound like praise? How much of my thoughts and words would sound like gratitude? How much would sound like actual thank yous back to God for what I'm dealing with, including the tough stuff? Because see, that's the point of both of these passages. That in Ephesians 5 and in, in yes, Ephesians 5 and 1 Thessalonians 5, and now in Psalm 100, it's not related to the pleasantry of the, of, of the circumstance. It's not because I like what's happening. It's because I see who's working. It is not because I like what's happening. It's because I have trust and faith in who is absolutely faithfully working. So this ends with his loving kindness, his everlasting, his faithfulness to all generations. Every believer through the centuries can claim the faithfulness of God that means I have a reason to give him gratitude and praise. So again, if I could look back at this week and go, man, there was a, there was a bit of grumbling and complaining and exasperation that God might not be quite up to snuff. But I hope we're learning and growing the praise. I hope we were learning and growing and, and intentionally saying, Father, more gratitude. This week, more gratitude. This week, less complaining, more trusting. 
less grumbling at you as if you're falling down on the job and more recognizing that because of your faithfulness, I get to praise you even if I cannot see what you're doing. Even if it looks like you're dropping the ball and failing at your job, it literally can't be true. And in faith, I want to say thank you for that certainty that you are faithfully working. So we have right now in our congregation, actually I think this is normal life, we have many tragic circumstances to deal with. We have many sorrowful and disappointing circumstances to deal with. We have many setbacks. We have many pains. We have many hurtful things in our lives. And so this is a really valuable truth that we take into this Thanksgiving season. And we don't just do it because it's Thanksgiving. I think it's wise that our country somewhere way back there thought, you know what? We should make sure we stop every year and purposefully give thanks. And I was actually going to do a little uh, history lesson, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's, I think it's amazing that at one point there were, there were leaders wise enough to say, let's have Thanksgiving as a normal part of our national mindset. We, we better not let that go. And what's amazing to me, Carrie and I were talking about this, you know, you can even watch a secular movie, a secular TV show, and, and every now and then, every now and then, they will still acknowledge that those blessings come from God. That they're not even there to teach a Sunday school lesson, and there's just enough awareness, we didn't make good stuff happen. Everything we're thankful for came from God. But for you and I as believers, we get to go one layer deeper and recognize, but my God is faithfully working even at the things I would not normally say thank you for. So that I don't see those things as hopeless. I don't see those things, and here's part of it, that I don't see those things as evidence that God isn't loving. And I do think that's one of the most frequent things I hear as I'm counseling with people through the week is that they're facing some challenge, some setback. They're, they're even frequently facing something where they have been faithful to God, confident in his blessing, and then it's blown up in their face, and in a sense, they're almost being punished for their faithfulness. Or they've been faithful to this marriage or faithful to this job, and now they're betrayed. And it's like, God, I thought my faithfulness mattered. Because we believed the earthly, it's not biblical, we believed the earthly promise that if you do the right thing, it'll always work out for you. And what God promises, if you do the right thing, you're doing it for me and in me, you're doing it with me, oh, I promise you, it will pay off. But it might not pay off on planet Earth. And if all we think of is earthly, we will constantly find evidence that God either isn't telling the truth or isn't loving me because someone I was faithful to has betrayed me. Something I trusted God in has blown up and it didn't work. And God's saying, I actually want you to thank me at that moment that even in that sorrow and that betrayal or that heartache, you see me, the living God, working on your behalf. And you're wise enough to reach into that tragedy or that sorrow, that betrayal or that hurt, and say, Father, 
I am determined to harvest the good that you had in this for me. It's still evil. And we need to recognize that. The thing itself might still be wrong or tragic or evil. And you and I are just wise enough to say, but I want to harvest the good that my father had in mind for me. This is personal. God is not promising this to the world. He's just promising this to his sons and daughters. One last passage. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. We are studying Hebrews in the adult Sunday school class. Um, and we're just racing through it verse by verse. And we didn't get to this, but it's coming next. In verse 15 and 16. Through him then, so again, he's talking about a mindset where I see my life embedded in Christ. I, I truly learn to see my life embedded in Christ. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And one thing that struck me about this passage is there are times, for real, when you thanking God will be a sacrifice. When you can say, Father, this does not flow natural. This does not feel easy. This doesn't even make sense to my flesh. But right in the middle of this thing, I'm going to give you praise and gratitude and thanks. I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of praise. And here's what God's saying is, I love that. That's beautiful treasure between the two of us. As my son or my daughter, that you, right in the middle of your heartache and sorrow and betrayal and hurt, you would bring me the sacrifice of your gratitude and your praise. That is treasure between us that will matter it will matter, it will matter for the rest of eternity. And he's challenging us to that wisdom. That we even offer up gifts of grace, I mean of, of gratitude, thankfulness and praise, even when it's a true sacrifice. So I'm going to encourage you, and God is encouraging me in this too, that we pay attention to our mindset in the days ahead. To, to really be seeing ourselves embedded in Christ and, and Christ embedded in us. And you know this, but that is the core of Christianity. Christianity is not clean up your act and do good. There are a multitude of religions we could go to if that's all it was about. This is about this incredible life where I put my faith in Jesus Christ because he died on the cross for my sins. But now as I put my faith in him, scripture says this goes way beyond that. Now my spirit, my Holy Spirit will bring the very life of Jesus Christ into your life. And that will be the secret, that will be the how-to of living this life is you're depending on Christ. So this living through him is at the core of this mindset. And he's saying, now in this mindset where you see me embedded in you and you embedded in me, see my purposes with praise, with gratitude, with rejoicing. And part of what that means, and, and I've used this phrase many times because I think it captures it for me, that I can praise him and give him thanks even through tears of sorrow. He's not saying, well, stop that sorrow thing. 
Stop crying. Stiff upper lip. Put on a fake smile. Get over it. That is absolutely not what he's saying. Scripture leaves plenty of room for sorrow and grief before God. And in fact, we're even commanded to sorrow with one another. So we don't put on a fake smile and pretend everything's good. But through that sorrow and through that grief, and while we're weeping with genuine heartache, to still say, Father, I see you working. And here's the other thing. I don't see you working, but I know you are. Let's pray together. Father, you are faithful to all generations. You are good, essentially good, intrinsically good, unbreakably good. And Father, to us as your sons and daughters, you are no longer a judge. You're a father. And that changes everything for us, that we get to look to you to be a father who provides, who cares. Yes, a father who sometimes corrects, who disciplines, but a father who is always faithful and always working on a good thing for us in every tragedy and sorrow. Father, you know the sorrows of this body perfectly. And here's what we know from your word, Father. You grieve yourself. Living God, you grieve with us over every sorrow. You comprehend the weight of our sorrows. Your word says that you store up all our tears in a bottle. Father, even our very tears are treasure to you. It matters to you that your children are hurting. And then it matters to you that your children learn to trust you. In the face of all this sorrow. Father, that we see you as the giver of good gifts, every good thing we're enjoying, every pleasurable delight, every blessing, every honor, every season of rest, every pleasant thing that you've you've laid out on our table, that we take it with gratitude. And then we go deeper and we thank you right in the middle of all the ugliness and tragedy. Because we know you. Help us to learn these things, Father, and not just learn them as a doctrine we believe in. But Father, more and more, it would be the privacy of our thoughts that is changing. That in the privacy of our thoughts, we are bringing you the sacrifice of praise. That we go ahead and grumble at you, and then we praise you with gratitude that you're working in the thing we grumbled over. You're our Father, and we can trust you. And we agree on this in Jesus' name. Amen.